0: What I'm about to share with you, it hasn't happened to me just once, okay? This has happened to me several times. This has probably happened to me seven or eight times during my short life, what I'm about to share with you. Uh, The Cowboys are playing on Monday Night Football, or the Rangers are about to open up a series with the division leaders, or Texas is about to play zero U in anything. And I'm ready. Like I'm watching this game and I'm thinking about it all day long. And I get home and I've got my chair and I've got the chips and the hot sauce and I've got the diet, Dr. Pepper, and I'm ready for this experience. And I've called on my way home, I've called home to check, babe, do we have popcorn in the house? Yes. Now, don't lie to me. Don't tell me we've got popcorn in the house and we don't have popcorn in the house. I want you to please, darling, go to the pantry, walk inside, look at the popcorn, and tell me we've got popcorn in the house because I am making popcorn at halftime of this game. Yes, babe, we have popcorn. Okay, good. Don't lie to me now. Okay. And I'm ready. And I'm sitting there in my chair. And I'm ready. Everything's set up. And I turn on the TV. Nothing. The cable's out. And I flip through every channel. Nothing. The cable is out. And I'm saying this at the top of my lungs to anybody who might listen. The cable's out. Nobody really cares. I turn off the TV, close my eyes and cross my fingers and turn it back on. Nothing. The cable is out. And I'm on my hands and knees. I'm behind the TV. I'm checking all the connections. Nothing. I got a Barbie shoe, a dead moth, and 17 Cheerios. That's what I've got back there. But I got no cable. I got nothing. And so I look up the cable company. Three phone numbers, all of them go straight to voicemail. We are open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. weekdays. If you're receiving this message and it's after 4 p.m. on a weekday, ha, ha, ha. We all know that frustration. We have all experienced the frustration of not getting reception. Two Sundays ago, we started this sermon series that we're calling Hearing God. As a church family, we are focused right now on improving our hearing. We believe God is speaking Our God is a talking God. It's one of the big things that distinguishes him from all the other gods. And we believe our God has a voice and he is speaking to his children today. We believe that a normal life in Christ, a normal life of discipleship to Jesus involves a personal and intimate relationship with God in which the communication goes both ways. Last Sunday, we considered nearly a dozen different ways our God speaks to us and we are as a church family practicing these listening exercises that you find in the middle of your bulletin each week and today we have now come to a a crucial point right now to deal together with something that is critically important if you're going to hear God your receiver has got to be working well We assume that God's transmission is fine. When our God speaks, he speaks very clearly. The message from God is always clear and understandable. If there's a problem, it's on the receiving end. The problem is with the reception. Something's interfering. They're static. Jesus talked about this a lot. At least 15 different times in the Bible, our Lord Jesus says, the one who has ears to hear... Let him hear. Jesus doesn't assume just because you have ears, it means you're hearing. Now, we're all equipped with ears, right? We've all got ears. Turn to the person next to you right now and do this and show them your ears. Can you do that? And I want you to say out loud, I've got ears. Say that, okay? And now you affirm that person. Look at them and say, yes, you do have ears. We're all equipped with ears. Some of us are more equipped than others. Some of you look like you could pick up the signal from Siberia, and that's good. That's fine. But just because you have big ears, or just because you have ears at all, it doesn't mean that you're able to hear. Listen to Jesus from Matthew 13. He's quoting from Isaiah 6. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. It's possible to have ears, church, but to also have a hearing problem. Now, this story was told to the Reader's Digest as true, so I'm going to assume it's true. It's a preacher story also, so you just do with it what you want, okay? But there's this older lady, she rushes into the post office in the middle of the afternoon, and she's hot. She's ticked off. She had received one of those cards on her door from the post office that said, We tried to deliver a package, nobody was home, you need to come to the post office to receive your package. Well, she's been out of shape. And she's complaining to the clerk behind the counter. Look, my husband was home all day. He never left the house. Nobody rang the doorbell. Nobody knocked. Nothing happened. My husband was there the whole time. I'm apologizing, ma'am. I'm so sorry. Please forgive us. Let me have the paper. Let me go get your package. He brings the package to the lady, hands it to her. She receives it. She says, oh, thankfully, finally, we're so glad to get these. He says, may I ask, what is that? These are my husband's new hearing aids. You might have ears, but you may not be able to receive the message. You may not be able to hear God's signal. And you say, how is that possible? How can I have ears but not be able to hear? Every parent knows. Every husband, every wife can explain this dynamic as it relates to hearing. The presence of interference... Equals the absence of understanding. Yes. Come on, Ruth. It doesn't matter how loud or how articulate the speaker might be. Or how clear her message. If there is static, if there is interference with the receiver, communication is not going to happen. Now, you do have the capacity to hear God's voice. You do. He gave it to you. God gave you this gift. Turn to James chapter 1. We're going we're to be here in James for a bunch of this. James chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 16. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth Through the word of truth. Listen to me. Your Christian conversion. Okay? The very fact that you're a Christian is evidence of your ability to hear God. The Bible says you can't make the Christian confession, which is Jesus is Lord. That's the confession, right? It's not Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, because even the devil confesses that. The confession is Jesus is Lord. And the Bible says, you can't even say that. You can't become a Christian without assistance from the Holy Spirit of God. And so just because you're a Christian, that tells me you've heard God. You have heard God, right? You have heard and you have understood the truth of God's good news. That's how and why you're a Christian. But there are lots of Christians whose hearing never improves. In fact, there are many Christians who it seems like their hearing gets worse. The reality is that a lot of disciples have hearing disabilities. There's just so much static interfering with the transmission. This is what James is talking about. I want to read verse 18 again. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. Now, here comes the warning, okay? This is what interferes. With that word of truth. Verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Pay attention, heads up, take note. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For a person's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Is it possible to have ears and not be able to hear? Yes. If there's interference. If there's static. One of the leading causes of static is an arrogant mind. It's hard to speak to a person who already knows it all. Don't elbow the person next to you. He heard me. He heard me. James says, humbly accept the word. Receive the word of God in humility. I love this quote from Dave Barry I can win any argument on any topic against any opponent. People know this about me and steer clear of me at parties. Often as a sign of their great respect, they don't even invite me. (laughs) It is not pleasant to talk to somebody who already knows it all. James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and humbly accept the word. What's called for is a teachable spirit. Do you have a teachable spirit? Are you open to being taught? In Acts chapter 17, Paul's in Thessalonica. He's preaching that Jesus is the Messiah and nobody's listening. They are rejecting the very idea that a crucified criminal could be our new king. And so they run Paul out of town. Paul and Silas then go to Berea and they preach the exact same word of the Lord there. And verse 11 says the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day. Listen, if you've got a haughty spirit and a closed mind, you're pouring poison. On the seed that God is trying to plant inside you. Do you have a teachable spirit? I've learned that many Christians do not have a teachable spirit. When we were in Marble Falls second time around, this is still 20 years ago or so, I was having a conversation with a gentleman, a member of our church, I was talking with him after church, about some doctrinal theological thing that I had been teaching in Bible class that morning. And he and I disagreed. And he straight up told me, you're wrong. This is wrong. This is the wrong interpretation of this passage. And I'm like, you know, I don't think it's wrong. And he said, it has to be wrong because I have spent my entire life teaching just the opposite. He said, if what you're saying is right, then I've been teaching in error for more than 30 years. And I said, no, 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 it doesn't mean you were wrong. It doesn't mean you were teaching anybody error. We're all just doing the best we can right now. It might just mean you have a different understanding of Scripture now, or you're seeing Scripture in a brand new way. Or maybe, maybe you've changed your mind about something in the Bible. And I'll never forget this. He looked right at me very sternly and said, Alan, I have never changed my mind about anything in the Bible. He meant it as a boast. That should have been a confession. You mean you've been with Jesus for 30 years and the Holy Spirit has never enlightened you about anything? You've lived a life in Christ for that long and God's never illumined your mind to anything? Church, that's nothing to brag about. Rick Ashley tells the story about the first year he was preaching at the Southern Hills Church in Abilene. Soon as they named him the preacher, some people left and he met with one of these older couples in their house and they just said we can't be at a church where you're the preacher they just they told him that right to his face and he said okay i've got to understand this what's the deal am i preaching something unbiblical they said no he said am i doing something immoral they said no he said then why won't you let me be your preacher and they said you're 22 years old and nobody that young is going to teach us the bible Now, it seems like to me if you have a humble spirit, you would allow God to speak truth to you in whatever way he decides. Amen? Amen. You know, Jesus is a humble listener. Look at this picture of Jesus right here. Teaching in the temple at age 12. Look at this picture. Jesus is gesturing, right? There's another one too, I think. Gesturing, he's teaching, he's lecturing. You know, we think Jesus is teaching in this story. And no doubt the religious leaders are very impressed with our Lord's understanding, but Jesus is not teaching here. Luke 2, 46 says, his parents found him in the temple courts sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Jesus learned by listening. Jesus grew by listening Jesus grew in the knowledge and in the will of God by listening. If your head is full of yourself, your ears will stay empty. You wanna hear from God? Be prepared, be open. There we go. Be open to having your old ideas challenged and to having new ideas presented. An arrogant mind creates static that keeps you from hearing God. So does a disobedient spirit. Our God does not reason with rebels. Isaiah 59, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. We're not talking about the occasional stumble that we all have and we repent from. We're talking about unconfessed, unaddressed, continuous sin, and it disrupts communication with God. James says, get rid of all moral filth and humbly accept the word. Some scholars believe that this word in James 1 that we translate filth, the Greek word in the original text is actually a word that was used by first century Uh, the medical community to refer to earwax. So sin plugs up your hearing. Sin does not allow the word of God to get through. And and one of my biggest frustrations as a preacher, and and you didn't ask for this, you don't want this, I'm gonna tell you anyway. One of my biggest frustrations as a preacher is people who are living in disobedience to the clear and obvious will of God But they're upset with God because he's not guiding them in areas of their lives that are less clear. Okay, follow me here on this. Give you a couple of examples. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to do a couple of these real quick. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Listen to verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Okay, God's will for you is to be holy, for there to be no sexual sin. There's no ambiguity here, right? This is very, very clear. Sex is a gift from God to seal a covenant and to strengthen a connection between a man and woman in marriage. And if you're participating in sex outside of that marriage context, premarital sex, extramarital sex, same-sex sex, pornography sex, whatever it is, if you're doing that, why would you be frustrated that you're not hearing any guidance from God on where you're supposed to go to college or what you should do about that problem at work? Do you really expect a revelation from God in an area of your life that may not be clear when you're clearly disobeying God in an area of your life that he has made perfectly clear? Turn over a chapter, 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 16 says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Man, we live in a culture that complains so much about everything. I think if the Apostle Paul were here with us today and he were writing that chapter in Galatians about the works of the flesh, I think he'd put whining in there. It would have to be, right? Listen, if you are a negative person, if you are obsessed with over the little you don't have and not grateful for the abundance that you do have, why are you frustrated that God's not giving you clear guidance for your finances or for your family? One more, Ephesians chapter five. Starting in verse three. Among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed Because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are all out of place. If you willingly engage in what God has clearly prohibited... For his people. Why are you upset that he's not giving you a word about your health? Or about your relationships? Some of us need to wash out our ears. We need to get rid of the sin. God will not speak to a disobedient spirit. And then here's the last thing. And I think this is the thing that gives us the most trouble. I think this is the thing that most frequently creates the most interference. In our communication from God. And that is... A flippant will or an apathetic attitude. Some of us have a dangerous tendency to put God on call waiting. We treat the word of God like it's something we're free to respond to when and if we want to. Going back to James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Listen, brothers and sisters, God does not speak in order to be heard. He speaks in order to be obeyed right now. You ask your teenage daughter to fold the clean towels and put them up in the cabinet. Okay, this is a completely hypothetical situation. All right, you're walking through the living room. There she is. There's the towels. Hey, darling, why don't you fold those towels up and put them away for your mom and me? You walk back through in a half hour, those towels are still in a big wad at the end of the couch. Your daughter is still sitting exactly where she was a half hour ago, only now she's eating a (laughs) Pop-Tart. What do you say? You say, did you not hear me? Right? Did you not hear me? But that's not the question I'm asking. I'm not asking, did the noise coming out of my mouth, the sound waves that were, that were uh, provided by my tongue and my throat and my mouth, did all of that not go through the air into your ear? Were they not carried into your brain so you could process the information? I'm not asking that. When I'm asking, did you not hear me? The question I'm really asking is, why did you not obey me? If you hear me, you should obey me, right? You see what I'm saying? We're asking one thing, but we really mean another. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a person who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks intently in the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, He will be blessed in what he does. Okay, when you woke up this morning, you had two options. You had two ways of determining what you looked like and what you needed to do, right? You could have looked at a photograph of yourself. You could have pulled up your Instagram profile picture and looked at it and thought, man, I'm looking pretty good. Let's go to church. Or you could have looked in a mirror and thought, man, I got a lot of work to do, right? (laughs) The Word of God is the mirror. The Word of God shows you exactly who you really are and exactly what you really need to do. Some people, though, are not as interested in hearing God as they are in having God endorse what they've already decided they're going to do. You can't hear God if you're going to listen to Him in a box, If you've already set up a bunch of predetermined boundaries, you know, God, please speak to me. Father, please talk to me. Father, please show me your will, but only inside these lines. God, I'm not going over there, right? Exodus 24. It's, uh, It's striking to me how God's people viewed faith in the Bible and how we view faith today. It's very different. In Exodus 24, Moses is telling all the people the words and the laws of the Lord. And it says, the people responded to the word of the Lord with one voice. Verse 7, we will do everything the Lord has said we will obey. Except it doesn't say that. At the end there, it doesn't really say we will obey. The actual Hebrew word here at the end of this exclamation is a future tense form of the Hebrew word Shema. Shema means here, right? It's like a future, it's like uh, it will be heard. It, it, it is going to be heard, right? And that's backwards, right? Because you hear something and then you do it. But the Israelites are saying we will do it and it will be heard. Why do they say it that way? See, it sounds backwards to us. They're saying we'll do it and then we'll hear. Well, that doesn't make sense to English translators. And so they tried to make sense of it and they put in the word obey. But God's word is very clear here. This, this, this uh, This is the Hebrew mind, right? And it goes back to the teenage daughter deciding not to fold the laundry. If you don't do it, it means you didn't hear it. Shema, that's how they started and ended every single day with that prayer from Deuteronomy, right? Shema Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, right? And so Shema is also a, uh, it's like a way to pledge allegiance. It's like a way to uh, declare your loyalties or to uh, make a commitment. Like I'm going to get off the couch and I'm going to get involved, right? That's, That's Shema. And so in their minds, if you don't obey it, you never heard it. Because if you heard the word of God, there's no question you would obey it. Amen? Hearing is doing, faith is action. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Some of us, I think, sometimes we're like auditors in a class. You know, these auditors in these college classes? You know, they don't pay full tuition, they're not taking the class for credit. Uh, they don't read the textbooks. They don't take the exams. They don't write the papers. They're not as committed to it as all the other students in the class, and they don't learn nearly as much. And they're not transformed. They're not changed by the experience. If you want to improve your hearing, here's what you do right here turn to uh, Psalm 40. Psalm 40 and verse 8. You make this your attitude, you pray this to the Lord. Every single day, I desire to do your will, oh my God, your word is in my heart. Let's say this out loud. Can we all say this together? I desire to do your will, oh my God, your word is in my heart. Listen, you'll get a word from the Lord when the word of the Lord gets you. Our God speaks to those who've already decided to say yes. About 10 years ago, there's a guy named Derek Broadus, and it was in the evening, and he was sitting on the couch in his frat house in Knoxville, Tennessee, a couple of miles from the University of Tennessee campus. His roommates swear that he was actually laying on the couch and he'd been asleep for over an hour. He promises he was sitting upright, watching TV on the couch when the phone rang. Do y'all know this story? He was the football coach for the University of Tennessee Volunteers. And he said, Derek, I'm gonna send a police escort. We need you at the stadium for our game tonight. See, Derek had tried out for the team as a kicker, hadn't made the cut. And on Thursday, the Tennessee kicker got hurt in practice. The backup kicker pulled his hamstring during pregame warm-ups. The game started in 50 minutes. Derek, we need you. The cops are coming. And Derek got in that car, and he went to the game, and he did it. He kicked three extra points and a field goal, and Tennessee won that game that night, and they gave him the game ball. Not because he heard the call, but because when he heard the word, he got up off his couch, and he got involved in the game. Do you want to hear God? Then you tell God, I want to do what you want me to do. Spend a lot of time telling God, I desire to do your will, oh my God. Your word is in my heart. And then you're ready to do it and to hear. Stand with me, church. Let's pray together. Father, hear our prayer this morning in the name of our risen and reigning Lord Jesus Christ. Hear our prayer. Lord, we don't want to just talk to you. We want to hear you. We want to hear your voice. We want to listen to your word. Father, get us there. Some of us have a long way to go. Father, would you please get us there? Get us to that place. Father, some of us right now hear your voice. And you're calling us to repent and to make things right. You're calling us to get rid of the filth and the sin in our own lives so we can hear you more clearly. Father, some of us, you're calling to be baptized and to give our lives to you today. Some of us, you're calling to come back. Father, help us by your Holy Spirit to walk through that door into a relationship with you where the communication is both ways. Father, open up our ears. And Father, would you please hear us as we declare to you today the words of the psalmist in Psalm 40. Church, let's pray this one more time together. We need those words back on the screen, please. I desire to do your will, oh my God. Your word is in my heart. Amen.